Good evening, and welcome to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints on the CWR Network. I am your host, Donnell Edwards. Tonight's special guest, as I mentioned, is Mr. Mike Beeney, one of America's leading mental health speakers, and we will be discussing America's mental health dilemma. Uh, Mike is fiercely committed to wellness and suicide prevention. As a child, Mike spent time in a psychiatric hospital. He was expelled from school from uh, three schools. He was put in a special education class. He was medicated in efforts to reduce his emotional instability and behavioral outbursts, and he attempted suicide. Through his own personal journey, Mike has become an expert on mental illness. Please join me in welcoming to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, mental health expert, Mr. Mike Dini. Welcome, Mike. Uh, thank you so much for having me, Donnell, and hello to your listeners out there. Uh, Mike, uh, mental illness is one of the, the most overlooked issues in America. According to the uh, National Alliance on uh, Mental Illness, one in every five adults in America experiences a mental illness. Nearly one in 25 or 10 million adults in America live with a serious mental illness. And suicide is the third leading cause of death in youth aged 10 to 14. And 90% of those who died by suicide, according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, had an underlying mental illness. Now, we're going to talk some more uh, about that data and also about suicide later on in the program. But, Mike, is it accurate to say that we do have a mental illness dilemma in America? Absolutely. Um, it, it's a big – it's interesting. It's a very – taboo topic, yet it's also becoming increasingly popular, and people are searching for it more and more. And one of the things that I found is that that data is accurate, but it only takes into account people who have admitted that they are living with a mental illness of some sort. So it's really important uh, to keep in mind that that data doesn't include the people who are, are afraid to say something. And I think it's really important to acknowledge that, you know, a lot of people are struggling and don't know what to do. Okay. That's, that's interesting. And we're going to talk some more about the undiagnosed cases a little later. But uh, with all of the advances in technology and treatment and uh, the increased media exposure, uh, why are mental disorders still such a major problem today? You know, Mental health issues, and I know we only have a short amount of time today to cover all this, <laughs> but, but, but I, I want you to keep in mind a few things. And those of you that are listening who might uh, be concerned about your own mental health or a loved one, um, two, two things. One, mental health issues are confusing and frustrating. So they are confusing and frustrating to the person suffering, and if you know someone who is suffering, it's confusing and frustrating. Unlike something like a broken arm. You know, you can't just pinpoint it right away. And typically, we discover that we or someone else has a mental health issue through their behavior. So, again, it's very difficult. And we, we as humans don't like things that don't come easy to our brains. And so that, that's one thing. The other thing is the law of the tribe. Um, you can see a lot by kids socializing in a kindergarten playground. Uh, typically, if you look at kids socializing in a kindergarten playground, they try to be parts of different groups 
And one of the ways they do that is by learning who the weird one is. So let's say, Donnell, you and I were in kindergarten together. We both had Nikes on, but Joey has Reeboks. We're going to make fun of Joey and call him the weird one because he's different. And that's how people learn actually to be part of the group. And we bring that with us through our lives, and nobody wants to be the weird one. We also see mental health issues as a sign of weakness. And even the laziest people in this society want to be successful at some level, I found. And so... I think it's important to keep in mind. So with all those things, it makes it really difficult for people to get the help they need and even being willing to just admit that they have a problem. Okay, very good. Now, we we, uh, kind of touched on this next question a little bit. Uh, You alluded to this uh, in one of your comments. But uh, as we, we cited at the very beginning of the program, there's endless statistics about the diagnosed cases of mental disorders. But as you mentioned yes. uh, in one of your comments, uh, there are a lot of undiagnosed cases. Can you elaborate on that a little more? How much of an issue are the undiagnosed cases of mental disorders? Oh, I, I think it's a real issue. And, and in my opinion, as a, as a non-professional, people I meet, most people have some kind of mental health issue they are struggling with. Most of us do. And I know my mother's a perfect example. She uh, passed away about a year and a half ago, but she clearly had some issues that never went diagnosed. She personally thought she was perfect and had no problems, but clearly she had some issues. So that's going on. Now, here's what's interesting. It manifests in other ways. A lot of times, for example, men who don't get diagnosed for depression and take care of it, a lot of times that manifests as anger. And anger manifests as violent crimes. So a lot of times when we read about uh, a a man who was angry and went on a a rampage or did a shooting or something like that, sometimes it's really depression that wasn't addressed. Now, other times it could be just plain evil. Some people just want to do mean things in this world and can't say much to that. So one of the issues with not diagnosing it with these undiagnosed cases is that they're manifesting in other ways. They're also manifesting in diseases uh, like cancer and other things like that because I know for me, when my depression is bad it affects me physically so to everyone who's listening out there if you don't address mental health issues, they will manifest in another way in your life that's not good Now uh, for those of us who are observing the behavior of others, and you mentioned some of the the results from cases being undiagnosed manifesting themselves in uh, some of the incidents that we see occurring in domestic violence and in other uh, ways where there there's violence. Uh, are there uh, ways that uh, red flags are some, some signals that should be triggers for us who are observing that someone has uh, a behavior that's not quite right and maybe that needs to be reported to someone so we could kind of prevent some of these incidents from, from, uh, from occurring. Absolutely. Um, a lot of times, you know, something happens, maybe someone dies by suicide or, or gets institutionalized and we, we say the signs were always there. We just never picked up on it. One thing I suggest to everyone listening, um, is to Google the signs of mental health issues. It's, it's pretty 
widespread. Some of them include someone who is not taking care of their hygiene. That's a sign. The other thing is someone who is not performing well at work and losing job after job. That may be a sign of mental health issues. And ultimately, one thing, one thing I always suggest to people is we should get into the habit as a society of asking people, are you okay? You know, so Danelle, you and I are friends. We've been friends for years. What's wrong with asking you about your mental health? How are you doing with your mental health? Check in. We don't do that as a society because it's so taboo. So one of the things that I really encourage people to do is ask everyone about it. You know, that's, that's a great, uh, great point, Mike. And, you know, I would think that someone would be more likely to open up to uh, a close friend or maybe a relative that would, would ask them that than uh, someone that they are not as familiar with. And as you mentioned, that's, that's something that we, we just don't do. Uh, it's a great, great idea. I, I really like that. Now, uh, I want to ask you a question, too. Is, is the lack of insurance and the prohibitive cost of seeing a doctor a factor for many in not seeking treatment or getting diagnosed? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because let's face it, if you're struggling to pay for health insurance, you're struggling to pay for other things, too. And the thought of even getting diagnosed with something is going to be an additional burden. So a lot of people just avoid it. They think they just can't afford it. Um, In my experience, it's important to look for resources that are out there. We have some on my website. People all over the country, all over the world actually can look into. Some of them uh, provide free services. Some of them provide low-cost services to people who might need the help that they need. And they also have lots of resources within the resources. So, for instance, go to my resources page on my website, transformingstigma.com, you will find a variety of organizations that can offer answers to different questions, and they're in different locations throughout the world. Okay. Now, if you just joined us, this is Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, and our topic tonight is America's Mental Health Dilemma, and our special guest is uh, Mike Vini. If you have any questions for Mr. Vini about mental illness, our number is 563-999-3660. When you call, please remain on the line, and we will get to your call as soon as possible. That number again is 563-999-3660. Right now, we're going to take a brief break, and when we return, we'll discuss bipolar disorder and other mental illnesses. So stay tuned. This is the CWR Network, hashtag one million strong. Hi, Mom. Is Claire's birthday party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. In 50 feet, turn left. Why are you driving so slowly? After a few drinks, I'm taking it slow. Well, you're not fooling the cop behind you. What? Get ready to pay in point one miles. 
Getting pulled over for buzz driving could cost you around $10,000 in fines, legal fees, and increased insurance rates. Nothing kills a buzz like getting pulled over for buzz driving, because buzz driving is drunk driving. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Did you just look down at your phone? You did it again, didn't you? You know, you're flying down the road in a three-ton hunk of steel, and a text takes your eyes off the road for an average of five seconds. At 55 miles per hour, that's long enough to travel the length of a football field and cause some serious damage. Turn it off. Trust me. Whatever it is, you'll live. Learn more at StopTextStopRex.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. Unexpected reactions to smart financial decisions brought to you by FeedThePig.org. Well, I finally did it. I improved my credit score. You're kidding, right? Uh, no. How are we supposed to be the bad boys of electro-synth pop if you're out there being responsible? The band is about to be discovered. This is our year. Uh, yeah, you've been saying that for a while now. You think anyone in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was worried about their credit score? I never really thought that Of we're... course they weren't. Rock stars aren't supposed to think about that kind of stuff. We're supposed to think about how many guitars we've smashed, write aggressively sensitive power ballads, start questionable fashion trends, tragically break up and blame creative differences. All right, all right, just... I thought maybe it was time to take control of my finances, you know? Start using a budget. Get out of debt. Set some goals. A budget? Debt? Set some goals? Listen, I knew that we'd have our creative differences, but I was hoping they'd involve a little more scandal. When it comes to financial stability, don't get left behind. Get tools and tips for saving at feedthepig.org. This message brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. This is the CWR Network. Hashtag one million strong. Welcome back. If you just joined us, this is Donnell Edwards Viewpoints. And our very special guest is mental health uh, professional, uh, mental health expert, uh, Mr. Mike Vini. Uh, Mike is, uh, I saw an alarming statistic recently on a mental health provider's website, and it said that 2.5 million Americans have bipolar disorder. But the actual number, going back to something you mentioned before about undiagnosed cases, the actual number may be two to three times higher because as many as 80% of people with this illness go undiagnosed or misdiagnosed for years. Now, do you agree that the rate of undiagnosed cases of bipolar disorder is that high? And why is the rate of undiagnosis for this particular illness so high? You know, again, I think one of the so many things to say here, by the way, so thank you for having this conversation. <laughs> so one that needs, needs to be had uh, so much more. Uh, one of the things that I have observed with people that I know even, a lot of the people listening to your show even might not associate with having mental health issues. They might think, you know, I have my ups and downs, but, but I'm fine. There are many people that actually have high-functioning mental health challenges, meaning they go to work every day, we see them, we greet them, we are on projects with them, or they're in the community, but they are just living just fine. So a lot of times, people don't even realize that there's an issue. So again, the importance of constantly having the conversation, and even this is on physicians too, who uh, do the primary uh, care annual checkups, very important to ask about one's mental health. When it comes to bipolar disorder, um, that's an interesting one, and I'm, again, I'm not a licensed mental health professional, just a person with a lot of lived experience. 
And one of the things I want to talk about with bipolar is it has two phases, what we call a manic phase, where uh, super high energy and, and, and your thoughts are racing and sometimes people engage into risky behavior and a depressive phase, which is the opposite. Now, we all have ups and downs in life. That is a part of life. But there's a point when those ups and downs can become so extreme that it causes really difficult problems with doing basic things like getting to work, doing your work, um, enjoying your, your family. And so that's when it's really important to get help that you need. Now, there's something else that compounds a lot of these issues that um, I rarely bring up, but I think it's important is substance abuse. A lot of times, mental health issues and substance abuse go hand in hand. So someone who might have an addiction, let's say to alcohol, might also be struggling with a mental health disorder and using the alcohol to medicate for that without realizing it. And a lot of times, many people who are addicted to different substances are discovered to have what we call co occurring disorders. This is really interesting, by the way, because I never speak about this stuff. I just generally talk about the stigma. But that's something to keep in mind. So when it comes to bipolar disorder, um, it's a case of extreme moods. And there's a great website, um, the Depression and Bipolar Support Alliance, that has a ton of resources for looking at symptoms and getting treatment. And I encourage people to look at the uh, – just Google the Depression and Bipolar uh, Support Alliance. Mike, I really appreciate you bringing that up about the uh, co-occurring disorders and the medicating with with uh, with drugs. Uh, I, I had uh, I was familiar with that, and I, I forgot to include that in uh, tonight's program. So I'm really glad that you brought that up because that's a, another very important issue, important thing to consider. Now, with yeah. uh, with all with all that we know about uh, mental illness. Uh, that it's nothing to be ashamed of, that it's, it is a disease, that in most cases can be treated. Um, Mike, why is there still such a stigma associated with mental illness, both among those who suffer from it as well as the general public? Well, number one, there's a lot of shame, a lot of shame around it. We feel broken because we have this confusing and frustrating, as I said before, thing that we are struggling with. Um, we as humans don't like to be confused and frustrated. The other thing is a lot of times many adults feel as though admitting that they might be struggling, even not that they have something, but they just might be struggling, will affect their career in a negative way. Because if their employer finds out or anything like that, it's going to reduce chances of promotion at work. There are many parents who tell their children not to talk about it because it will affect their uh, academic future and, and their future job prospects. Even my parents, they told me when I was younger, they said, no one can ever know about your history because it's going to make it difficult to find a job. It's going to make it difficult to uh, find, find a woman in your life and, and stuff like that. Now, I've come to realize that for me, I mean, it's, it's kind of weird. I don't really know if it affects my job because I'm a mental health speaker, so I think it affects my job <laughs> in a good way. But for a lot of people, they don't want to admit that. Also, for a lot of people who are listening who might be involved in the faith communities, this is a big struggle with the faith communities because some faith communities believe that mental health issues are spiritual issues. Now, personally, I believe that every issue can be looked at as a spiritual issue, but 
when it comes to mental health in particular, a lot of times the reason that someone might live with bipolar disorder or depression might be something chemical in the brain. And people don't understand that. It's no different than you being diabetic because some things are off with how your uh, blood uh, processes insulin. So I think it's really important to remember that these are just medical issues, no different than allergies. Okay. Now, you mentioned uh, getting back to the stigma that sometimes people may feel that it may cause problems for them with employment and relationships and things of that nature. Have we not advanced farther along in our society that that's not as much of a problem as it was uh, in the past? I would love to say that we've got better <laughs> and we have in some way. I would, I would love to be on the phone here talking with you saying that, but you know what? We're still struggling. We're still struggling because you have to factor in something else. It's not just the workplace. It's people's cultures, people's upbringing. Many people grow up in families that tell you you need to look your best at all times and show yourself at your best. So to admit even that there might be a, a cancer in the family is a no-no in certain families. So there's also the cultural element. I want to actually bring up something. Um, don't know the demographics of your listeners, but um, I am black. I'm a black American. And in the black community alone, there's a stigma that exists when it comes to mental health. And one of the reasons I have learned is because well two reasons number one in the black community we always hear about strong black man strong black woman and for some reason admitting weakness is a no-no <laughs> you know it's a social no-no and for many people I know. in the black community it, admitting a mental health issue is a weakness and it's almost like you're, you're dishonoring yourself at some level for doing that especially amongst black men and, you know, I had a, a wonderful uh, experience, actually. I was at a, at a major corporation, I won't say the name of the corporation, doing a major mental health presentation. And there were several black men in the organization who I met in, in the bar after. We were just sitting around late in the evening. We were just chatting. You know, so here I am, me being a black man with four other black men, and uh, they were all older than me. And we were all talking about our depression and the pain it causes us. And it was just an interesting moment in my life to be a black man in America with other black men talking about depression in a bar, <laughs> you know, as, as a normal <laughs> conversation. People just don't do that. And so one of the things that I remind people is the key to fixing this is you and I just need to start having the conversation, just making it a normal conversation. Okay, very good. Now, I want to uh, get a little personal. I, I know in uh, researching uh, your background, uh, it, 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 you uh, indicate on your, your website that you had had issues uh, and had been in psychiatric treatment when you were a child and uh, had problems with behavior and, and things of this nature. Uh, can you give a little perspective to our listeners? Do you feel, in, in your own opinion, that it's more difficult to deal with the mental illness as a child or uh, as an adult or uh, teenager. Do you get better prepared to, to deal with it? Or uh, what, what's your opinion? What are your thoughts on that? Whew, I love your questions. 
Yes, uh, for the record, <laughs> I was uh, hospitalized several times. And, and you know what? I'm okay talking about it because it's no different than saying I went in to get surgery on my arm or something. I had mental health issues. I was hospitalized. Um, that being said, being a teenager has its own challenges. I mean, you could do a whole episode or several episodes on, on being a teenager and the different challenges. True. And I believe that when you add in the mental health issues, it just really compounds the challenges that a teenager has. So each group has its own. When I was a younger child, before I became a teenager, I didn't know that I was depressed. I would just explode. Like I wasn't aware of my feelings. So people would ask me, what's wrong? Why are you so angry? And I would just say, I don't know. I didn't know. And so each group has its own set of challenges. And one of the things I recommend to parents is that we actually try to teach youth to process their emotions. It's something we don't ever talk about in our society, processing our emotions. We'll talk about fitness. We'll talk about exercise, health, spirituality, reading, educating ourselves, but we do not touch processing our feelings. And I think it's very important to become emotionally healthy in your life. Okay, very good. Uh, Bullying is another major problem in society today. And it's especially true among young people. And there's even uh, cyber bullying on social media like Facebook. And we've we've uh, read about or heard about incidents related to that. And obviously, those who suffer from mental disorders are a target for bullies. Yes. And we hear too often of this uh, leading to, uh, to suicide. So yeah. how do you suggest that parents and others deal with this problem and protect their loved ones, especially if they have young ones who have uh, mental illness. I'm going to say something really controversial right now, and I appreciate you bringing this up. Okay. I really do because okay. I had to do a workshop a few years ago on bullying, and I told the woman who brought me in and hired me, I said, I know you believe in my work with mental health, but I can't really address bullying. I don't really do anything with it. And she goes, Mike, I believe in you. I'm like, all right, all right, you believe me. So I did some <laughs> research on bullying, and I had to talk to parents. So this is me going in to talk to parents about why why is my kid getting bullied or why is my kid a bully? And I said something that these parents did not like. Bullying, in all of the, the reading up on it that I did, I discovered that bullying was about social skills, meaning if you don't have social skills, you're going to bully someone to get what you need out of them happens online all the time. People have social skills in the workplace, but they'll go at it online with each other. And one thing I recommend to parents is to work on their own social skills so they can help their children develop better social skills. I had to learn this the hard way. My parents, good parents, gave me so much, didn't have the best social skills. They didn't have very many friends. So... I had to learn a lot of new skills on how to talk to people so I could make friends. And by the way, I'm still learning it. And it's something that everyone thinks they're good at. Everyone thinks they got the social skills they need. And that's not true. We actually suck as a society. We suck as a society. (laughs) And one thing to remember is that mental health issues and people issues go hand in hand. So let's say, again, I'm lacking social skills. That's going to increase the likelihood of me having a mental health issue and also bullying. So, again, go back to what I said before, teaching people to become emotionally healthy and process their emotions, and at the same time, teaching people to have better social skills. So this goes for both youth and adults. 
Okay. Thank you very much. Now, this is Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints. And our topic tonight, it's America's Mental Health Dilemma. And our special guest is mental uh, is uh, Mike Vaney, who is a mental health speaker. And we would love to hear your viewpoint about tonight's discussion. So call us. The number is 563-999-3660. When you call, please remain on the line, and we'll get to your call as soon as possible. That number again is 563-999-3660. Right now, we're going to take another break. And when we return, we'll discuss the rising rate of suicide in America. So stay tuned. This is the CWR Network. Hashtag one million strong. People been saying to your friend, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. Don't worry, I know what to do. Know someone being bullied? online, you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council. I'm jumping in with my clothes on. Most party fouls are pretty dumb, but if you decide to drink and drive underage, you could lose your license and your freedom. Learn more at ultimatepartyfoul.org. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Listen and imagine. It takes five seconds to send a text, and for those five seconds, you're driving blind. Life is worth more than a text. Stay alive. Don't text and drive. Visit StopTextStopRex.org, a message brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration, Project Yellow Light, Noise, and the Ad Council. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Having trouble finding Connor Middle School? Would you like directions? No. Why is Connor having trouble focusing in school? Finding lowest airfare to Istanbul. No, I'm, I'm tired of fighting with him over homework. Home walk restaurant. Need a review? No, I need help. He's very smart, but his mind wanders. He's disorganized. I think I understand. Oh, good. Finding best potatoes for French fries. No! Russet, fingerling, Yukon gold. Why don't you understand me? Sorry, I was trying to show how Connor feels every day. Frustrating, isn't it? Redirecting to understood.org. For the one in five kids with learning and attention issues, this is what life can feel like. Explore understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues designed to help your child thrive in school and in life. Understood.org, because understanding is everything. Brought to you by Understood.org and the Ad Council. This is the CWR Network. Hashtag one million strong. Welcome back to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints, and thanks for joining us for tonight's discussion on mental illness with our special guest, uh, mental health speaker, uh, Mr. Mike Vini. Now, Mike, at the outset of the program, I cited a statistic from the National Alliance on Mental Illness that suicide 
is the third leading cause of death in young uh, in youth aged 10 to 24, and that 90% of those who died by suicide had an underlying mental illness. Also, according to the National Center for Health Statistics, the suicide rate among girls between the ages of 15 and 19 reached a 40-year high in 2015. So, Mike, can you explain how mental illness factors into the statistics we just mentioned about suicide with 90% of those who died by suicide having had underlying mental illness issues. Yeah, this is, this is a whole, whole show right here, this topic. (laughs) So really, it really is. Um, I absolutely hate when I get a call and this is a weekly call that I get from a school that wants to hire me to come and speak because they've had way too many suicides that it hurts me because okay young people have their future ahead of them yet i could have been part of that statistic because when i was 10 years old i came home one day from school and just couldn't take it anymore couldn't take the pain of what what i would learn is my depression and i attempted to end my life by swallowing a bunch of pills and if my mom didn't find me on the floor and get me to a hospital, I probably wouldn't be here. And I'm grateful, very, very grateful that she did that. At the time, I was angry that she did that because I just wanted to die. And a lot of teenagers feel the same way. They feel a sense of no hope. They feel a real shame and like there's no way out. And for many people, the choice to die by suicide is simply a solution to the pain, which is why we need to do a better job of teaching people to deal with their emotions. Now, it's complicated by something you brought up before, bullying. Many teens are bullied these days, and it's not just in person like it used to be. Like when you're in school, now it's online. And for many people, that causes so much pain that it really drives them to start thinking suicidal thoughts. So it's important to keep that in mind as you have that discussion. One thing that is a symptom of suicide, I don't remember all of them again, turns all of you listening to Google them, but one of the, the symptoms of suicide is, is someone who has had a major crisis happen in their life. Maybe I lost a family member. Maybe I lost my job. Maybe, maybe I didn't get into that college that I really wanted to do. These are all things to check in with people about how they are feeling for. So if you are listening and you know someone who's been through a crisis, check to see how they're doing. Thank you, Mike. You know, uh, one of the reasons we have these, these programs is to increase awareness, to help people to understand their role, that we all have a, a responsibility in uh, this, this, uh, this fight to uh, help eliminate some of the bad consequences from undiagnosed cases of mental illness or to help those who do have mental illness. So I, I want to ask, uh, ask Mike, uh, for how do you reason with those who may be listening, who just don't get it, who feel like they have no role and no responsibility and who can't 
uh, fathom somehow a, a young person, as you mentioned before, with their entire life ahead of them, having so many problems of being so depressed that they want to take their life? Oh, that's a great question. Oh, man, I love your question. Uh, <laughs> can you be the host on every every show? <laughs> Thank you for the compliment. Some people are okay. just never going to get it. They're never going to get it. But there are people who might be still on the fence. Those are the people that we want to talk to. Okay. Those are the okay. people that we're going to have to reach out to. The sad thing, and I want to say this to any of you listening who might not be agreeing with any of this, there's a likelihood that it can happen to someone in your life. And for many people, I've met so many people around this country who say to me, Mike, I never believed in this mental health thing or that it was a real issue. And then they have a child die by suicide. So I don't want to see a parent have to go through that. So if you're listening to your parent, I really, really encourage you to do your best to be open to this, even if it feels uncomfortable. A lot of times people get uncomfortable with it because they've got their own skeletons in the closet as well. It's the old, uh, it's the old thing on homophobia, right? A lot of people who experience homophobia might have something in their own closet. So right, I think right. it's important, you know, to, to keep that in mind as, as we have this discussion in this country. Okay. Now, uh, just for emphasis, you, you've already given us this uh, before, but just for emphasis once more, what advice do you have for anyone listening who may be contemplating suicide and for anyone who knows someone who they feel may be contemplating suicide? Okay, number one, if you are thinking about it, don't do it. Get on the phone and get some help for yourself. It's not worth it. It might seem like it's the only option, but I promise you it's not. And a lot of times when we are in a bad place emotionally, we can't see the light. We can't see our future. It's impossible. So for anyone listening who's contemplating it, I promise you it's not worth it. It's going to do more damage to people's lives if you do it than you can imagine. And if you know someone who's struggling, encourage them to get help. One of the things that you can ask someone who is struggling with a mental health issue is, how can I support you? And after you ask that question, shut up. <laughs> and I say that <laughs> firmly because we love to give advice. I get people that tell me all the time, Mike, you just got to think positive and cheer up. Don't do that to someone who's struggling. It's not about being in a bad mood. It's not about everyone having bad days. Simply, how can I support you? And the beautiful thing that that does is it opens a door so that person might not feel alone. The other thing that you can say to someone who's struggling is three words. Help me understand. And for someone who might be feeling alone, having that space to possibly speak to someone who genuinely wants to understand might be the difference between life and death. So it's really, really important to, again, educate yourselves on ways to do that. I really encourage people to go to the mental health resources page on my website, transformingstigma.com, for even more information on different hotlines you can call organizations that have resources. Okay. Now, just to reiterate, to make sure we give our listeners all the resources they need, uh, you said that some of the red flags to identify someone that may be uh, having problems with mental illness is if they're not taking care of their personal hygiene, 
if they're mm-hmm. having problem at work, having problem keeping a job, and did I miss something? What was some other? No, ones? I mean, no. There, there are plenty of other ones out there, and I apologize, I'm not remembering okay. all of them. And and there, okay. there are many, many different ones. Um, but those those are some of the main ones. But you know, ultimately, use your instinct. If you if you think something's up with somebody, we've all been in a situation possibly in the past week we've all been in that situation where you know something's up with that person well maybe that's your instinct telling you to check in i think that's really really important to do okay very good now if you just join us this is dono edwards viewpoints and our topic tonight is america's mental health dilemma and our special guest is mental health speaker mike beanie after a short break we'll return and we'll discuss depression and anxiety This is the CWR Network, hashtag one million strong. Today we decided to walk to school. The light counted. 15, 14, 41, 31, I mean 13. We took a left on Carroll Street. Danny's smart, but he gets distracted. I realized he forgot his homework. I hope he doesn't have another bad day at school. When you can see learning and attention issues from their side, you can be on their side. That's why there's understood.org, a free resource for the parents of the one in five kids with learning and attention issues. Go from misunderstanding to understood.org. Brought to you by Understood and the Ad Council. People been saying to your friends, get a different face. And posting on their feed, they're super ugly. The things they say to them online are cruel and they're not true. So tell your friend, I'll stand up for you. someone being bullied online you can be a witness and make a difference by letting the world know it isn't cool and by letting your friend know you care learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org brought to you by the ad council hi mom is claire's birthday party today me again mom where did i put my history book hi sorry forgot one last thing sometimes it's hard to concentrate at school i start looking out the window and then i forget what i was supposed to be thinking about i know it seems like i don't care but i do it's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. This is the CWR Network. Hashtag one million strong. back again to Dino Edwards Viewpoints. Tonight's discussion is America's Mental Health Dilemma, and our special guest is mental health speaker, Mr. Mike Vini. Mike, can you explain what the relation is between uh, depression and anxiety to mental illness? Well, depression and anxiety are two conditions. Depression is probably the most popular um, actually, they, they both are pretty popular. I don't know which one's more, um, but I know those two are probably the most popular uh, mental health conditions in the world that people struggle with. I struggle with depression. Um, I actually have been diagnosed with what we call major depressive disorder. For those of you that are listening, it's not just regular sadness. It's it's a painful, painful backpack that I wear every day that makes it difficult 
to do basic tasks, and it makes it difficult for me to enjoy life. Like, I could have something wonderful happen to me. I'll be happy, but at the same time, there's this underlying sadness. And many people, many people struggle with this. And this is one that, you know, there are a variety of treatments out there for. It's one of the most common, common uh, forms of mental illness. Anxiety is uh, having to do with panic attacks and fear and your heart racing and, and thoughts spiraling. It happens to many people in social situations, in, in just everyday life. It's fear on steroids. And I struggle with that too. And what's really interesting is, um, and people don't understand this, many days I'll have both at the same time where my anxiety is spiraling out of control and my depression is spiraling out of control. Two of the things that I do, number one, I see a mental health professional. I see a therapist every week and have a support group and take medication that I have been prescribed. I also, number two, is take care of myself. And this is something that people don't understand when I bring up. Self-care is one of the most important things that we can do as a society to improve this mental illness dilemma and to reduce the number of suicides. Because I actually did a article on healthcentral.com titled How to Practice Self-Care Without Feeling Selfish. And I learned, um, because it's really good if you can quote a statistic when you do something, right? I learned that uh, of, of people with chronic health conditions, only 5% practice self-care, which means okay. that's statistically zero. We, just, we, we talk about self-care. We run our mouths about it in this country, but no one does it. And it's something that we need to start doing. And what I mean by self-care is activities that are intentional to grow your spirit to grow your self-esteem, exercise, prayer, meditation, good friends. Self-care is not going to the bar. Self-care is not going to Vegas. Self-care is not going on Facebook, and self-care is not watching TV. Those are escape activities. We spend a lot of time on those. Okay. Now, as a black male and as a black person, uh, you mentioned earlier that in our community, it's a sign of, of weakness by black males to ask for help or to admit that they have a problem maybe with, with mental illness. So as, as a black male and as a black person who has mental illness, what would you say to other people in the African-American community who fail to go and get checked to see if they need help when they may uh, see signs or have uh, some indication that, that something's not right, uh, what would you say to them? Well, to black men, I, want, I would say that you're not weak. You're not less of a man for having a mental health issue. You're not going to be less of a provider for your family. You're not going to be less employable. In fact, the opposite is going to happen if you take care of your mental health issues, you're actually going to probably become more successful. You're probably going to make more money because you'll have the space mentally to do those things. So it's really, really important to just talk about it and don't feel ashamed. You don't have to skirt around the subject. You can just say it. You know, again, Danielle, you and I are friends, and, you know, we go to hang out with each other. I'm going to talk about my mental illness. You ask me how I'm doing I'm going to say okay. it loud. 
We'll be in a, we'll be in a restaurant. I'm going to talk about it the same volume I talk about my favorite show. There's there's no distinction because I've had to force myself to get comfortable. And here's the other thing: it doesn't define you. You can't allow the thing you're struggling with to define you. And for many people, they fear that if they discuss it, if they go get the help they need, that their depression or schizophrenia is going to define them. That's not true. It's no different than allergies. You know, I, I think it goes back to something that you said at the beginning of the program. A lot of it has to do, the stigma that is, has to do with perception. If, like you mentioned, if you broke your arm, uh, you wouldn't suffer and not get treatment and endure all of that pain for no reason. You go and get the treatment that you needed to get some relief. But we have to learn to view mental illness in the same way. Is it is that is that uh, is that pretty accurate? Absolutely. Again, like you, you wouldn't have had me on the show. I don't think to talk about how I've had allergies my whole life. <laughs> and tell everybody on on the air that I'm taking Claritin, and you know it's okay to, to you know to blow your nose in public. Like you know, it's funny, but you know what? Truth be told, 300 years ago, it might have been a stigma. I don't know. It wasn't around. So I think that that's really important. One other thing I wanted to say, actually, particularly to the black community, um, we are a culture of honor. And what does that mean? This this means that if uh, you know it, you and I are black men walking down the street, and Let's just say a white person uh, passes us and throws out a racial slur. Now, I think, you know, judging from talking to you, Donnell, you, you and I aren't going to start any trouble. We might be angry, but we're not going right. to start any trouble. But at some level, our blood is going to be boiling under our skin. We're going to be angry because we were disrespected. And this yes. is a part of the black community being a culture of honor. We don't want to be disrespected and we don't want to disrespect ourselves. So let me just say this. When you are addressing your own mental health, you're not disrespecting yourself. You're loving yourself. Great. Great. Well, Mike, I want to thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing with us your knowledge and experience about mental illnesses and mental health. We wish you continued success in your work. And welcome you back to Donnell Edwards' Viewpoints in the future. We really look forward to that. Uh, we are the Causes and Issues Network, and uh, wellness and mental health, those are things that are important to us, and we frequently have guests on to talk about uh, these uh, various subjects, as I mentioned before, uh, because they are, they are important to us. So thank you for joining us this evening. Now, thank you so we much also, for having me. And you're very welcome. We also thank all of you in our CWR Nation worldwide listening audience for joining us this evening. Uh, please join us again next Monday at 6.30 when our guest will be award-winning and best-selling college planning author, certified business and career coach, speaker, and trainer, Miss Tamika Williamson. And we will be discussing avoiding student loan debt and how to go to college for free. So I'm sure you want to be tuned in for, for that. We leave you tonight with our song of the week from Mr. James Taylor, fire and rain. So listen and enjoy, have a good night and a great week until we meet again next Monday for Donnell Edwards viewpoints. Here is James Taylor.
just yesterday morning They let me know you were gone Suzanne, the plans they made put an end to you I walked out this morning And I wrote down this song I just can't remember who to send it to I've seen fire and I've seen rain I've seen sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Won't you look down upon me, Jesus you gotta help me make a stand You just got to see me through another day My body's aching and my time is at hand I won't make it any other way Whoa, I've seen fire Sunny days that I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you again Been walking my mind to an easy time My back turned towards the sun Lord knows when the cold wind blows It'll turn your head around Well, there's hours of time On the telephone line To talk about things to come Sweet dreams and flying machines In pieces on the ground Oh, I've seen fire And I've seen rain I've seen sunny days That I thought would never end I've seen lonely times when I could not find a friend But I always thought that I'd see you, baby One more time again Thought I'd see you one more time again There's just a few things coming my way this time This is the CWR Network. Hashtag one million strong.